It's the first scene of the movie. As the screen, you know, comes clear, you see um, red lights flashing, and there's two police officers in the front seat of the car who have just been in a car accident. And as they're sitting there and they, they, you know, waiting and you see the smoke rising from the, the engine as the two cars have collided, Detective Graham says this, in any real city, you walk, you brush past people, and people bump into you. In LA, nobody touches you. We're always behind this metal and glass. I think we miss that touch so much that we crash into each other just so we can feel something. That movie is called Crash. It was a movie of the year, actually, for the Academy Award in 2004. And, that, and actually, that quote sets the tone for the whole movie, as all the characters in the movie are somehow wanting to be connected and they just can't get there. They struggle with that. Many people say that even though we have so, so many ways to be, be connected because of technology, that we may be more alienated from each other than ever before. I remember Father Viet, he's a Vietnamese priest, he's, he's actually stationed over in St. Petersburg. Father Viet tried to go into the seminary in Vietnam, that's where his family's from, that's where he was from, and he was put in prison. His crime was he was Catholic, he wanted to go into the seminary, and the government over there screens the seminarians to whether they can go in the seminary. And his uncle, who was also a priest, has been in jail for parts of three decades because he spoke out about democracy and religious freedom. And when they saw that Father Viet wanted to go in the seminary, they didn't want more of that, so they put him in jail. He was in solitary confinement for the first three months. Now, I don't know if anyone here, I don't like to ever say absolutes because sometimes there's people right among us who have had life experiences that are amazing. But I wonder if anyone here has ever been in solitary confinement. What's that's like? They tried to break his spirit. They tried to kill him. He said that sometimes they would leave the light on in his room and they would never put it out. And other times they would leave the light off and never turn it on. He said the air got so stale in there, he used to go by the door so that he could breathe some fresh air through the bottom of the door. He was there three months. It's hard to imagine what happens in terms of feeling alienated, of feeling desolation and despair when we're all alone for three months and not knowing how long it's going to last. He said one day, and this is going to sound strange to some of us, but when you're in solitary confinement for three months, things can have different meanings. He was there on the ground by the door, and he sees this little ant struggling. Obviously, there's something wrong with this ant, a little tiny ant. And all of a sudden, another ant comes over and picks that ant up and walks away with the ant on its back. And for Father Viet, it was like something snapped. 
and he thought as bad as his situation was, look how God makes creation. That even the smallest animals sometimes help each other out. And from that point on, he felt the presence of God. He wasn't alone anymore. He felt that comfort. Now, you, t- you take the story of the nativity. We are here tonight from all different countries. And you go to any country, and people feel so connected to the story of the nativity, the story of Christmas. Even people who aren't even Christian have a kind of a connection to this story. You know, a, a, a struggling, oppressed people, yearning for freedom, hoping for a savior, and then one night in an obscure little town, we hear this beautiful, and Luke is magnificent the way he describes it. We are out with the shepherds under the stars, and we hear the angels' proclamation and this incredible story about how a savior has come And then they go, and they find it just as the angels said, with Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus. It's a story of how much God wants to connect to us. As much as we want connection in our lives, as much as we strive for that, God wants it so much more. He wants it so much that he became one of us, to live with us, to talk with us, to heal us, to suffer with us, to die for us. You know, there's two, I want to talk about two amazing ways that God still is so connected to us. It strikes me sometimes when I'm in the little room over there for confession. You know, if you were thinking about Jesus dying for us on the cross, I remember a ninth grader once telling me, you know, we're in a confirmation class, and she said, I know God loves the world, but does he love me? Does he even know what's happening in my life? And I think about confession. When Jesus knew, he knew back then, for three years, he knew people needed to say out loud what the secret was in their life, what they had done wrong, that we need, there's a human need inside. You still see it all the time on TV. People will say the things on TV, on different shows. There's something inside of us that wants to get it out. And Jesus also knew, and did it for three years, how much we need to hear the words, you're forgiven. I no lo- in, in Hebrews, it's beautiful. I will, I will no longer remember your sins. That's better than forgiveness. I will remember them no more. And I think when, when, when we go to confession, it's the way that we touch what he did on the cross. It's so personal at that moment. He, he was, it was, it's, it's brilliant that Jesus would give us a way so that he could keep connecting to us 2,000 years later. Yeah, it's true we can pray to Jesus for our, to forgive our sins, but isn't it true that when you go to confession, it feels deeper? And sometimes we need to go. The, the praying is not enough. We need, it's maybe the thing is so serious. We need to say it out loud. I need to hear the words. The other beautiful way that he connects to us, it was also just ingenious, is at the Last Supper, when he took the bread and the wine, it was part of the celebration of the Passover, and he said, this is my body. 
This is my blood. Do this in memory of me. He wanted so badly to be connected to us. He, he created a holy communion so that he could be our spiritual food every Sunday, every day, if you can. He wanted that connection that badly. And finally, I think Jesus' Christmas wish, there's no doubt about it. He says it all over the Gospels. Is he's hoping that we will be the connection to all of his other children in the world, that we as Christians, as disciples of Jesus, that will continue that connection, the personal connection that is present in the incarnation. So I hope that however close you feel to the Lord already tonight, that through this Christmas celebration, you allow him to come even closer. Because once he comes close to us, he puts in our hearts his desire, his desire to love, to be connected. He gives us the grace then so we can see the moments when a kind word would make a big difference in someone's life. When a patient listening can just help someone unburden and feel life again. When we need to forgive and how, what can happen when there's forgiveness in families, in neighborhoods, what could happen in our world if there was more forgiveness nationally and internationally? As we continue our celebration of Christmas, this is Jesus' wish. It can't be any other way. It's his nature to connect is the very nature of love itself.